Hello and welcome to the Pursuing Progress podcast episode 10, where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward. And it's actually quite incredible that we're up to episode 10. It's been, yeah, a, you know, it's been a really long time that I've sat on this whole idea of making podcasts. It's been about, you know, I think maybe two or three years that I've just been umming and ahhing and you know, just being like another Hamlet and just overthinking, which, you know, leads to inaction, which, yeah, is something that, you know, I wrote about in my HSC and that's why it's so, you know, that Hamlet reference just came to me like that. But it's, yeah, it's really incredible that I was able to, yeah, get to 10, you know, without really kind of feeling like it was a big chore or anything. And so, yeah, just realizing how much fear and all the barriers that you create for yourself can actually like just stop you from doing it. And, you know, when you just kind of face, face that fear and just do it anyway, and you can look back and just kind of realize, Hey, I was able to do something really cool. Um, sorry about that tangent. Uh, it's just something, yeah, as I, as I kind of started the podcast, I was just like, Oh, that's actually pretty cool, I've done 10 and that's a pretty solid, solid start. And, you know, hopefully before I know it, we'll get to a (laughs) hundred and, but yeah, here's to the next, here's to the next 10. And so today, this episode, episode 10, I want to talk about, yeah, the, the lessons from lost relationships, uh, I suppose. And, you know, this is going to be a really vulnerable one yet again and one that kind of hits close to the heart because you know I came from yeah a kind of a broken relationship at the end of the last year and it's been about nine months so things are still a bit raw as I you know go through the whole healing process and you know uh, trying to kind of recover from all the damage and whatnot um, but I think it's, yeah, really important to, to reflect and, and think about, you know, all the, all the good and all the bad and, and whatnot. And I think for anything in life that you can you know, encounter and you're exposed to, it's really important that you take the time to find out, you know, all the lessons and, and, you know, yeah, make sure you learn from it. So you're kind of better prepared and better equipped to face you know, future challenges, you know, they might be more difficult and they might be harder. And, you know, a friend, I was talking to a friend once and, and they were just like, you know, life is always going to be hard and difficult, but, you know, through the lessons that you learn, like you will just get better at dealing with it. And I think that's just such a, yeah, like a necessary mentality to have when, you know, dealing with life's curveballs and, and different circumstances that come up. And because I think, you know, as humans, we're made for relating to each other and, you know, made for social connections. So we're going to have relationships with friends and family and and colleagues and, and, you know, whatever kind of friendship category (laughs) there is. And, and, you know, there will come a time where things break down and, you know, you hurt each other and, you know, there's going to be a fracturing in, in different relationships, uh, whether it's, yeah, romantic or platonic or, yeah, with whoever. And, 
you know, it, it can be something that you beat yourself about, you know, beat yourself up about and, you know, just wallow in all the sadness at the grief and loss of that friendship. But knowing, knowing that life does go on and things will be okay. Yeah. It's helpful. And I think need to think about different circumstances that come up, you know, Hey, like what, what knowledge have I gained for this? What skills, what, what is the benefit of this? And, um, you know, what kind of, what lessons and what skills have I kind of learned or acquired that will help me deal with, you know, similar situations that come up in the future. And that's such a vital kind of mentality to have, you know, when you're looking to, you know, make progress through this life, it's super difficult. Um, no one's going to like, everyone's, talk everyone you talk to everyone and even celebrities and athletes or whatever like they'll talk about how difficult life is and it's all about their courage and the decisions they make and how they learn and how they improve to you know get to where they are today and so I think you know people go through you know losses in relationships from all sorts of different ways and all sorts of different um, yeah, like different ways and they'll experience it differently and will have different reflections. And so it's really important to hear people's stories and listen to, you know, their experiences and, um, yeah, listen to, you know, what, what they've learned and how they've turned such a really, you know, negative thing and really, you know, um, scarring experience and turn it into something kind of positive where they can, you know, turn things around and how can they can, you know, use it to become a better person and, you know, make progress in life instead of, you know, wallowing in the sadness. And, and yeah, so I think like in this episode, like I'll share mine and all the things that happen, but it's, yeah, like it's unique to me. Sure. Um, but I think it's more, I think the purpose of it is to, yeah, be open about, you know, my, my experiences, my mistakes and, and whatnot. And it's also, yeah, to hopefully help you to, yeah, just to reflect on things in your life. Cause I'm sure, you know, people listening or whoever will, will have gone through losses in, you know, relationships, romantic relationships. And, you know, there's breaks up, breakups all around us and, yeah, think about how we can turn turn those things around um, and, you know, become the better version of yourself through it, you know, as devastating as that experience is. And so, yeah, without further ado, we'll just kind of, yeah, go through it <laughs> and, yeah, reflect on uh, some of my past uh, relationships and, yeah, the ways that I've been, you know, looking into kind of moving forward from them. And so I don't, you know, although it happened, like, I don't want to kind of discount this at all, but like the relationships I had in high school, like, I don't really want to count them. Like, you know, to those, <laughs> to those poor girls that dated me in high school, that we dated in high school, like, you know, it's a lovely time. I'm glad, I'm glad it happened. It was, you know, a great experience, but it was a time where I was just so lost and so like, like so like clueless and so like un un understanding 
there's so much misunderstanding between like me and all the kind of social etiquettes and the emotion and inte- emotional intelligence just wasn't there for me in in high school uh, i yeah like i didn't know what was happening when i was in those relationships um so i apologize in <laughs> that um and you know one of the relationships i had to ask another friend to know how to ask someone out um it was just that embarrassing and uh, like i i don't want to um really like dive into those because you know the, the less said about those like the better really um but glad they happened. It was a, you know, a great time. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I set it up in terms of like timeline. So this is kind of like year 12 and, and going into university. And so we'll start, we'll kind of start from there. And so after year 12, because I think from previous podcasts, you probably um, have built this picture of me of like, Hey, this is, I'm this, you know, really quiet guy just did his, um, just minded his, you know, business and study in the library, played, you know, handball and <laughs> every recess and lunch and wasn't really the social and, and just wasn't really sure about himself. And so, yeah, uh, went through uni, I went through high school and, you know, he did well in HSC, which is, which is really nice. And, and yeah, I was able to go into uni and so like, that whole transition was uh, interesting on so many different levels because I was, yeah, thinking I would do something like actual studies and then was kind of mulling over that and going on to open days and whatnot. And then, you know, ended up doing exercise physiology, but that's a whole nother story. But the whole transition, I was thinking, hey, like this is going to be a new chapter in life. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to like you know, really enjoy uni if I'm going to continue being this like really quiet and really antisocial and really, you know, awkward person to talk to. And so like going into uni, I was like, Hey, okay. Um, for this chapter of life, starting tertiary studies, I'm going to just put myself out there. I'm going to just, you know, find people to talk to be, you know, be more social than usual. Uh, say hi to people like, you know, as an initiative, like I usually just kind of wait around for people to say hi to me and, and no one, no one would So, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I was made it like my own prerogative to, to find people in, you know, in my class to, yeah, to say, to say hello to, and, you know, just to have a, just conversation that, you know, I was super uncomfortable with, but, you know, just to meet people and, you know, our cohort was only like 120. So like that was totally doable uh, at that time. And so, so yeah, it was definitely a difficult kind of change and transition, uh, from, you know, something I've known, um, you know, for so long was just being this quiet guy. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, being this open and slightly more extroverted person. Um, and you know, it was just what I felt like I needed to do for me to be able to, you know, survive university well. And I I suppose it, you know, turned out well um, for me. And, and yeah, so I think that, um, 
yeah, you know, looking back, I don't regret that transition or that kind of initiative. But um, yeah, so this is where it kind of leads into, you know, getting to know people. And so, you know, when you, so my course had, you know, had chemistry and so there's, you know, science labs and whatnot and, you know, you work with, you know, the people at your bench and, and find kind of lab partners. And, and so, yeah, that was when I, yeah, met, uh, met a few people, you know, who worked on the bench together and, you know, helped each other for the different assignments and whatnot. And yeah, met, met this like super lovely girl. Um, yeah. And we just started kind of chatting and kind of, yeah, got along quite well, had kind of similar interests and similar stories. And I think first or second day, we're just like, Hey, like, are you free to just kind of chat over like a, like some food or something? Cause it was lunchtime at the time. And then I think we just, yeah. Cause we didn't have any more classes after it. Yeah. We just kind of talked for about like four, four hours, just like in the food court and just kind of chatted away. And I was like, I was super surprised at myself you know, that that was even possible. Um, but yeah, we just, it was talking cause I was just forcing myself to, yeah, to talk and, you know, she was, you know, really kind of outgoing. And so the conversation just kind of flowed and yeah, we just kind of <laughs> hit it off really well. And so, and because our science degree was, our exercise physiology degree was, you know, science related. And so there was a lot of there's a lot of labs and lectures and, and tutorials. And so we were there five days a week and, um, you know, multiple hours, um, as the semester went on with, you know, as the labs, um, started. And so we would, yeah, like spend a lot of the classes together. We, it was all the same and, and yeah, like it was just kind of hung with her with, for a lot of the classes sat together and just kind of chatted and, yeah, it just started to develop a really kind of strong friendship and then kind of over time and just chatting about things. And then you realize that, yeah, like she was, you know, she was dating at the, at the time. And so, you know, uh, it felt like, um, yeah, like I wouldn't be able to kind of, you know, be as close with her, um, but, uh, you know, with the whole homewrecker thing. <laughs> but, um, then it kind of came to this point of like, okay, like she wasn't, she only saw her, you know, boyfriend then at like once a week because he was working full time and, you know, they'd only, yeah, see each other once every yeah week or maybe every two weeks. And, you know, there she was like seeing me hang with me, like, you know, every day, like Monday to Friday and long hours and kind of, we'd be ch chatting afterwards as well. And so, yeah, I think with, I think quality time, you know, when you spend a lot of kind of quality time together with someone, um, you know, your affections and attraction kind of naturally build and accumulate. And then, you know, like one, one thing after another, like, you know, we, be you become kind of physically involved and, and yeah, like definitely cross a lot of boundaries because she was dating at the time. And I know like listening to this is like, Oh, Andrew, you're such a homewrecker. You're such a terrible person. And it's like, 
Yeah, I know. It's not something I would super proud of. It's not something I've... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am a... Yeah, messed up person. I'm just super ordinary. I don't, I don't, yeah, claim to be any kind of saint. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't a super great time of my life. And, and it just created so much kind of drama and hurt and pain, you know, because I was just so immature at the time. I was just like, you know, what is happening? You're just using me, blah, blah, blah. And, and like, yeah, it just wasn't great all the fallout all the consequences is just negative there's no you know positives out of this um and you know it just created a lot of yeah pain and you know we had the same circle of friends and that created its own like you know divisions and I think for me I was someone who tries to you know run away from conflict and things that arise from conflict. And so, you know, I just put myself away from, you know, our circle of friends and didn't hang out with them anymore and just kind of, yeah, withdrew into, yeah, my own solitude and kind of wallowed in my own kind of loneliness and sadness. And that just kind of made uni a lot, <laughs> a lot more kind of miserable and terrible and wasn't as, as enjoyable as an experience. And, um, yeah. And, you know, from that, it was just a lot of questions about like, what am I doing? Where are my values? You know, should I stay in this course? Should I like take a gap here? Should I just, yeah, leave this whole situation or like, you know, go into a trade and just, yeah, all these crazy ideas of just quitting and not thinking about anything <laughs> um, came to mind. And yeah, like uni wasn't super great for me and I'd try and <laughs> try and make new friends, but I think I was just exhausted at that time. And so like, yeah, <laughs> like trying to find new friends was, was just difficult. And like I was joining, you know, a Christian group and tried other groups at uni, but you know, they could, they could only go so far because, you know, they really need your own effort to kind of invest and reciprocate the effort they were showing you. Like people were super nice at uni. Like I think, I think it's something that's kind of under underrated how open and welcoming people are at uni or at least in first year because everyone's kind of you know in the same boat with a new experience and just kind of yeah you you have that commonality and so you know you're able to yeah just chat with anyone and they're open to it and they're not there they don't raise those barriers to you um, as severely as some people and so so this whole kind of soiree this whole episode uh, or this whole like drama and the whole thing that happened in uni I think formed a really kind of yeah a deep type of trauma um, you know and it affected the way that I yeah kind of viewed relationships and I think from that experience, I wasn't someone who truly kind of processed things well or didn't seek the appropriate help for it. And so I was left to kind of process everything by myself. And, you know, I wasn't really skilled. I didn't really have any resources to kind of, you know, think straight on to you know, navigate this whole situation that well. And so I didn't 
you know, find the lessons to learn from this. I didn't really think about, you know, the silver linings or how to move forward from this or how to, you know, um, yeah, think about the skills that you actually can develop from this and to equip yourself better to deal with the next time that, you know, this thing happens again. And so, yeah, like amongst other things, you know, accumulated as well with, yeah, mental health stuff. And that just kind of, um, that contributed to this like kind of climax point of just like everything just kind of like blew up (laughs) and I had to take a gap year and, you know, towards like just before that whole situation was where I met my, um, my latest girlfriend, (laughs) my most recent ex, I guess. Um, and yeah, like she was coming to the end of her degree. And so we just kind of like we met and, um, at one of the kind of Christian camps and kind of got talking at uni and, um, yeah, like kind of caught on really well and (laughs) as well. And so, yeah, sorry. And yeah, got on really well. And, you know, she was graduating or like finishing off a course and I was heading into a gap year. And so we became really good friends during that time. And, oh, and, uh, and so, yeah, with her graduating, there was just a lot of time to kind of, you know, relax after finishing a degree. And for me, I was in a gap year. <laughs> and so we committed a lot of, you know, that time just hanging out and talking, you know, on messenger on, on, and texting and, and calling and whatnot and just develop this kind of like best, best friendship. Like we just were just so in tune with each other. We just on the same wavelength for just almost everything. And, and like, it was just so wonderful just to have that friend, um, that kind of friendship. And, you know, she had come out of a recent relationship, you know, um, as well. And so, um, yeah. So when we were talking, it was just like, okay, like we both carry on a relationship. We know it's very vulnerable. Hey, like, Hey, we're both not looking for a relationship at all. And so that kind of enabled that kind of close communication and kind of building a friendship, uh, yeah, that kind of, uh, yeah, developed so quickly. Uh, and, um, hindsight is always going to be 2020, but like it didn't, it was just untimely because it just didn't give me time to process the whole fallout from, you know, the girl from uni and, and just to deal with the trauma and to, to heal properly before I went into this whole relationship. And, you know, it's regret, regret upon regret, but, you know, it's just, oh, um, you know, something I wish I had, had done or, you know, was so aware of and, and, and whatever, but, you know, it, yeah, when it comes to think about stuff you did in the past and stuff you regret, it's, it's just like, you just have to accept that that's the way it's gone. Uh, it's meant to happen that way. And it's, you know, something, something better will come along. Uh, although, you know, it's so difficult to, to see it at the time. And so it's, it's definitely a regret that 
I hold on to from time to time. Like I do, I have let let go of it, but you know, here and there on, on like an off day, yeah, it will come back and just kind of haunt me a little bit and then I'll, I'll shake it off. Um, but yeah, like, but I think, uh, if you listen to my like previous podcast about growing, uh, growing up without a, a dad, I think there was a lot of things lacking in, you know, my maturity and, you know, whatever, like masculinity and, you know, responsibility that, you know, just wasn't like, just wasn't helpful, um, going into a relationship with those things lacking because, you know, those, those characteristics and those traits are tested constantly in a, in a relationship, you know, how do you make decisions in stressful situations and how do you, you know, keep a level head when, you know, um, uh, yeah, when things get emotional, whether in like discussion or arguments or, um, yeah, in disagreements, like how do you keep a level head remain calm and still, you know, to, you know, speak to us softly and how to communicate well, you know, in times of difficulty and how do you, yeah, like how do you love someone daily? Like, what does that look like practically? And how do you, um, yeah, how do you like make sure she feels loved and, you know, make sure you can reassure her when she has insecurities and like, yeah, like I didn't have that kind of living example at, at home. And so like I had kind of older men that I kind of learned here, like lessons here and there from, but it, like, it's just like, you know, reading from a book or something and as opposed to actually, you know, doing the practical and clinical work, like you're going to learn much more effectively by, um, by experience or like, you know, by someone who is experienced to kind of, um, teach you or to demonstrate by example. And so, because I didn't have that, a lot of, (laughs) you know, a lot of those decisions and a lot of those choices that I made during the relationship was, you know, by educated guests. (laughs) Um, it was, yeah, like I, like, I just tried my best. I, um, yeah, like I just had to, um, yeah, educate myself and try to put myself in, uh, different shoes and yeah, a lot of it was guesswork and like, I'm, you know, looking back, I'm still surprised that it was able to last five years, but, um, I think because of the guesswork, um, I, (laughs) it sounds selfish of me to say, but I kind of gave too much into this dating relationship. I, you know, I would, you know, make sure that she was never, you know, tired. And I would offer, always offers to drive. I would always kind of offer to pay for every meal. Um, you know, most people are like, Hey, I'll just, you know, the guy will pay for the first few. Um, some girls have said like first 10, <laughs> um, like I just kind of, yeah, paid for maybe like 95, 97% of all the meals. Um, I, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, that's what a guy does. <laughs> and, you know, like she responds to that. Well, like what girl's not gonna, 
you know, respond well to that. And so, you know, she appreciated that and she loved me for that. Um, I would, yeah, offer to just pick her up from, from work and, you know, uh, would you know, drive, drive her home. <laughs> Uh, and she works in the city and, you know, driving in the city just stresses me out. I, you know, it was something I never wanted to do was to drive a car in the city. Um, but for her, you know, I went in and drove, um, on the days I didn't have the, you know, access to the car. I would, um, yeah, go to the station and then, you know, walk over to her office and yeah, pick her up from there and, you know, walk to the train station together and, you know, walk for a you know, probably total of 10 minutes, uh, for her to, you know, take the train home. And then I would, yeah, take the train back to my home. And so, yeah, I would take an hour out of my day just to see her for 10 minutes. And, you know, it's that romantic thing that you hear about in those videos and, you know, YouTube clips and rom-coms and whatnot. And yeah, I, here was, I just like doing it <laughs> and, um, yeah, not realizing that that's a, total overinvestment of time and energy. Uh, but you know, it was, yeah, it was because it, it made her happy. And I thought, you know, I just had to just die to my knees just to make sure that she was happy and like she was cared for. And like, that was kind of the mantra of, you know, how I treated the relationship, you know, uh, like I would always, yeah, drive over to her place when she was tired to, you know, make sure she was okay. And, and yeah, bought her whatever she needed and, uh, and whatnot. And yeah, like things were just super, things were lovely. Things were like almost perfect. Like we were just so, so in love and, and yeah, like we talked about marriage cause things were just, yeah, seemingly just going so well. And, you know, this was, yeah, the relationship where I was just like, yep, yeah, this is, um, yeah, the relationship that's going to go to marriage and this is who I'm marrying and this is what, and yeah, we like planned out what life's going to look like. And we did that really foolish thing of, you know, naming the child, <laughs> um, that we would, you know, potentially have. And, you know, it just had this vision of all the kind of perfect thing or, or like all the things, uh, that were ahead of us in the future, you know, when we were, you know, to get married. And so, yeah, like things were just like amazing. And I was just amazed at, you know, my ability to kind of maintain a relationship. First of all, like I was in awe the whole time, um, that this was happening, you know, given my history and like, yeah, like high school, my relationship lasted like three and six months and didn't expect the next one to be like five years. <laughs> and so, you know, finding little wins like that. And so, um, so yeah, so, so where it kind of all takes a turn, um, I think this is where my kind of trauma kind of played in from, uh, yeah, played out in the, in what happened at uni. And so, uh, it was, yeah, I think before I go into it, I know, yeah, like the whole talking about, you know, relationships and things like that and, you know, reflecting on the past. Um, I think in my, it's easy for me to, you know, become very petty and kind of point fingers and try to paint her in, in a bad light and whatnot. And like, 
like I think past me, like early on, the, if this podcast was recorded, I don't know, six months ago, um, yeah, it might have been very like petty and very finger pointing um, kind of podcast and kind of reflection. But I think I'm really past that. Um, I think while I reflect now, um, I'm going to, you know, do my best to just think about my own, my own decisions, my own thoughts and my own, uh, yeah, actions that I took and take full responsibility for them. And, you know, not to you know, paint anyone in a bad light, but this is just, you know, me, my thoughts and I, <laughs> and, um, yeah, like if I do, um, yeah, I'll try and, you know, rectify that. But, um, so yeah, that's just a little kind of disclaimer and a little preface, um, as I go into it. And so, um, so she worked a quite, you know, a stressful job. It's quite a difficult job. Um, and it, it kind of consumed her. Um, and you know, after each day she would just be so kind of, yeah, like kind of beaten up by the work. Um, she was just exhausted and tired and, and whatnot. And there just didn't seem to be much like good news coming out of work, um, ever. And so, and, and so like, because of that, you know, she needed help from colleagues and, and managers and whatnot. And so it came to a point of, Hey, like, you know, she, like, she found a really nice colleague that, you know, she's getting along with and yeah, like they became kind of friends and stuff. And yeah, it turned about, turned out to be another kind of single Christian guy, um, Asian as well. And yeah, like at first it was kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, good. You, you know, you have friends and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't think much of it and yeah, like it, it was just like, yeah, just friends. So like I have female colleagues as well during, you know, during my masters and yeah, like it was, it was fine. I didn't, you know, nothing suspicious happened at all. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't think much of it. I didn't, you know, um, jump to any conclusions, which was yeah, pretty good for me at that time. Um, and, but yeah, I think as time went on, it, yeah, it started to become apparent that, yeah, they were kind of spending a bit more kind of time, like, you know, during work and a bit outside of work, um, you know, to find out that they, yeah, would kind of, um, catch the train or like kind of arrive at the station together in the morning to walk to work together. Uh, they would have, you know, lunch breaks together and they would, um, yeah, they would walk to the station together, um, after work to, to go home and, um, and I was just like, okay, this is, yeah, starting to kind of ring some bells and bring some flashbacks of, okay, like, you know, he is, he's this like work colleague that, you know, she's, she's seeing kind of, you know, five days a week. And, you know, because I was busy with my masters and, you know, my different jobs and stuff. And so there would be weeks where, yeah, I wouldn't be able to pick her up and she would only see me on, um, our date night, which is a Friday night, but sometimes just by, by Friday afternoon, she's just exhausted from the week. And so a lot of our date nights became just her, just, just exhausted. Didn't feel like talking. Didn't feel like really, 
yeah, up to much, but just like you know, sitting on the couch and watching trashy TV and not really engaging in dialogue, uh, which, you know, which became really kind of discouraging at the time because I was just like, oh, I drove all the way to see you and you're just like exhausted, <laughs> um, just ready to sleep. And, and yeah, so that kind of went on. And then, you know, found out that, you know, because she was just finding it tough that, you know, the colleague would come and, you know, drive her to work like drive over to her place to pick her up and to drive, drive her to work. And I was just like, that sounds not okay. That sounds, you know, not right. Um, and I tried to bring it up. I was just like, this is, this is kind of, yeah, like really alarming. And this is really concerning for me because, you know, he's make you're seeing him on this kind of, um, yeah, uh, on this kind of like basis, like outside of work and a lot of intentional time outside of work. And, you know, I would ask my friends about it and they'd be like, yeah, that's, that's really strange and that's weird. And, and I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do with it because, you know, if I bring it up, you know, she gets quite angry and mad at me and, you know, making her feel guilty about, you know, just having a workmate. And I was just like, okay, um, I'm making her unhappy. So I'm just going to stop what I'm doing and yeah, just be okay with it. And then just, you know, let it go on. And then you will see on a date night and whatnot. And yeah, I think it just came in and out. And I think we just had constant fights over it. And, you know, because I would, yeah, see her upset. I was just like, okay, I just, yeah, I just immediately withdraw and, and be like, okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'll try my best to be okay with it. And, and yeah, like inside it just kind of consumed me and I was just kind of dead <laughs> on the inside. And then, you know, months later, she's like, Hey, like, you know, this thing happened with him. Um, can, yeah, I'm going to go have like dinner with him one-on-one. And I was just like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was just like, do you, like, do you really have to, like, uh, like, it just seems so like wrong. And she just didn't really see it that way. She was just like, Hey, this is just me doing something for a good friend. And I was just like, but like dinner alone together, like, do you have to do it that way? And she's like, Oh, this is the only time we have. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like it's been a while since we had dinner together, but okay, sure. And so like, I don't know if I was totally rational, if I could, if I was totally secure in myself and just, you know, wouldn't be phased by it, then maybe, maybe I'd be cool with it. But I didn't have the time, you know, I didn't have things together and I had, you know, like I wasn't working <laughs> much. I was just working casual jobs while doing my thesis. And, you know, here's this guy that has a full-time job and, you know, this anxiety that I have and this whole, um, you know, making worst case scenarios. I was just like, man, like <laughs> if cat got, you know, if she got sick of me, like she could easily move on to this guy and just get married within the next year. And so, yeah, like I know, like I expressed all these things, but I think she, she just met it with kind of adversity and, and anger. And so I just didn't, I just felt kind of, yeah, shot from it and, um, 
and then yeah like and then she had another dinner and I was just like I I think I lost it I was just like I don't think this is okay and I think it's like you know do you do you want to be with him over me and then and then she was so offended by that and just you know when you get so angry you just like become speechless <laughs> Um, so that's, that's kind of what happened and yeah, she just wouldn't talk to me anymore. And, um, yeah, I was just like, wow, like I, I don't feel like I've done anything wrong, but I've done something very, very wrong. And, um, I, yeah, got into a, yeah, I was just, yeah, in, in shock and emotional shock. And yeah, the next day I, yeah, I was driving and then it was just so, unfocused and just so distracted and got into a car accident and yeah, it got re-ended, but you know, the guy did a cheeky and just kind of, yeah, just drove off and yeah, I was just too much in shock. I just couldn't process anything. And, um, yeah, the guy got away and I didn't get his license number cause I was just not in the headspace to like think straight. And I was just like, okay, I should just send her a quick message saying, you know, um, yeah, I got in a car accident, but like, I'm okay. And, you know, she, she reluctantly like, uh, responded and then, yeah, gave me a call and whatnot. And then, yeah, explained the whole situation, but just like, yeah. And then, you know, I was like, oh, you know, the car hit me in the back, but like, you know, I went off, but he went off and I didn't get the uh, details and, yeah. And then when she heard that, like she became infuriated with me of just like, how can you be so stupid? How can you be so like dumb to like not know? And because that's my first accident and, you know, I wasn't really thinking straight at the time. And she just gave me no kind of space or excuse for, for it. Um, and just ripped into me and just kind of like, hung up on me mid sentence when I was talking and it was just this pure madness and anger. And so I just felt just really dejected and really, yeah, like lonely and really kind of powerless and helpless and just really like become really weak and vulnerable. Um, and like, I was just alone at home and, you know, I just, I got this, you know, unfortunate, unfortunate timed like message from like this female colleague that I had, um, ages back and yeah, like it was just one of those check-ins of like, Hey, like how's, how's life? Like, how's everything going? And, and you know, there's only one thing on my mind of just like, yeah, things are really terrible. And, um, just had this, you know, massive argument over blah, blah, blah. And she's like, wow, like that sounds really tough. Like, um, if you're not doing anything like, yeah, do you want to like head over and we can chat about it? And, you know, like that was <laughs> really appealing at the time because, you know, <laughs> no one was talking. I wasn't really sharing much with anyone and, you know, I couldn't talk to my own girlfriend because she was super mad at me. And so, yeah, I was, I wrestled with it. I was just like, do I go? I shouldn't really go because I always had this kind of rule of like, you know, don't spend alone time with another girl, uh, whether like at night for dinner or like be in a house or, or whatnot. Um, and, but, but yeah, for, and I just thought, man, like 
Uh, my girlfriend's just so open to just like have dinner with this work colleague, like screw it. And so, yeah, threw that rule in the bin and then, so just went over and yeah, to kind of talk about it. And then, yeah, kind of talked through everything, uh, with the colleague and, um, yeah, she was like, wow, like that's really, yeah, that's really messed up. And yeah, it, you know, she was like, yeah, the girlfriend's just, yeah, should be caring for you a lot better and kind of taking your side and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, it feels like you've been like un- underappreciated and yeah, it feels like she's ungrateful for it and taking you for granted and, um, yeah, it doesn't really, you know, value you as, as you ought. And I was just like, ah, oh, like it really does seem that way. And, uh, like it was then where, yeah, the colleague just kind of offered something crazy, which is like, Hey, like, um, yeah. Like, do you want to, like, do you want to have sex? Like just, uh, yeah, she offered sex and I was just like, like that, that's super crazy. And, and she's like, man, like it's, yeah, like it's such a liberating feeling. It's going to help you feel kind of, yeah, it will help you feel good. It will help you feel, um, yeah, appreciated. It will make you feel kind of, you know, valued and, and worthy. Um, and and so like, yeah, in the, in the state of kind of weakness and vulnerability, I'm just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so we just <laughs> got going with that. And so, like, this, you know, for, for you listening to this, like, um, yeah, I don't know, he might form all these opinions and thoughts and judgments on me for, yeah, for being a cheater, for being unfaithful and, and you know, once a cheater, always a cheater, you know, that kind of whole... Um, you know, adage and yeah, it's just like, you know, why did you do that? How could you do that? How could you be so stupid? How could you be just so dumb to do that? Um, and you know, we had like me and my girlfriend had girlfriend at the time had, you know, dads that tore our fam- families apart because of affairs and because of, you know, sexual relations with other women. And so like, this was the last straw for both of us. Uh, and yeah, for me to to do the very thing that would hurt her the most. Like, it's just something I do condemn myself a lot, um, for like almost every day. Um, that, yeah, it's just kind of like, what have I done? Who have I, who have I become? I'm so, so broken. I'm so wretched. I want to just, yeah, like, like end my life. So I don't have to face the, the judgment and the, and everything and like it just became this really really dark time of just like all these different factors and and traumas and things happening at the all at the same time in the short amount of time that I I just became this really I don't know just weak-willed like sorry excuse of a human being and to make such a you know gratuitous and kind of horrible decision, um, in that moment is just something I want to just, you know, like change, <laughs> you know, the whole like time machine. I wish I could, that would be easily the first thing I would, I would change and just undo and just, 
you know, not have that be part of my history at, at all, but like, unfortunately it is. And it has been probably the hardest thing to ever kind of shake off and to, yeah, to move on from because it, you know, it just has so many ramifications and consequences and like the ripple effect just extends so far and it fractures so many like friendships and relationships and, and, you know, it affects, you know, my, my roles at church and how I relate to others. And I've lost so many friendships. I've lost so many things and I've lost so many, like, you know, my reputation I've lost, you know, yeah. Like there've been people who've just stopped talking to me because they know this about me. And, and like, that's such a difficult feeling to, to go through and to, yeah, and to experience, uh, and, you know, these are coming from Christians as well, which is, like, even crazier, which is just, like, you know, love, you know, love your enemies as yourself, and, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, no matter how messed up they are, but this, like, that, those statements of, you know, I don't want to talk to you, I'm uncomfortable talking to you, like, that's a, that's coming from Christians, and so, you know, for people that, you know, say Christians are hypocrites, I definitely empathize. I definitely, you know, see it and experience it. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we're all hypocrites, really. And, and you know, uh, you know, don't let that, you know, be a total roadblock to kind of thinking about, um, you know, becoming Christian. But that's a whole nother another thing. And so it's just like, okay, like, <laughs> where do I go from here? A lot of people have abandoned me. I've lost, you know, credibility. I've lost, uh, reputation among, you know, a lot of people among, you know, Christian circles. It's like, <laughs> you know, what do I learn from this? What do I, you know, do I learn the negative lessons of like, okay, I guess I'm just this horrible person. I guess I'm this terrible person. I suppose I'm never going to have a relationship ever again. I'm never going to marry. I, I guess I deserve all the terrible things in the world. I guess I, yeah, will never find a fulfilling job. I guess I'll never have close friendships again. I guess I'll never, yeah, have any hope anymore. And those thoughts... I think lead to this, yeah, this kind of, you know, in my blog, I mentioned this option E of just like, Hey, like I've exhausted all the options. I don't see any way forward. <sighs> like option E, like ending, ending my whole life, uh, because there's one mistake and just the unforgiveness that there is by the world and by people around. And so it was definitely a really dark place and, like, I'm glad to have, you know, church and, and people around that, you know, that have stuck by me and, you know, you know, have been able to just not see me any, or, you know, not see me too differently and, uh, yeah, to actually, you know, be on my side and be like, hey, we can, yeah, work these things out and, you know, it's going to take a long time, but we're going to take a step at a time. And... Yeah, like through that, I really appreciate that. And, and, you know, I don't think I would 
probably be here if it wasn't for them. And, you know, like I learned little lessons, like, you know, I'm <laughs> like, I'm totally not ready. I wasn't totally ready to be in a relationship like at all. Um, you know, I wish I, you know, spent, spent the time during high school and uni just kind of finding myself and, you know, investing in friends and trying different things and trying different hobbies, meeting new people and, and just, yeah, why just be involved in relationships when there's so many people you can kind of talk to and get to know and, um, and all these friendships you can invest in and all the kind of joys that you can have by, yeah, getting to know different people and learning from different people. And, you know, I think it definitely has changed my view on relationships. Uh, I think I'm, you know, staying well clear of it for probably the next, you know, five, ten years or however long it's going to take for me to kind of, yeah, like be okay about it. Because it was just this massive emotional investment. And I, I don't think, um, yeah, I have the emotional capacity at the moment to, you know, even start to consider um, the whole possibility and, you know, I, like, I wish my mom would, you know, someone, anyone would have stopped me from getting into a relationship. And she's like, no, you're not ready. Um, and I wish I had the humility, humility to kind of know that and to take that, you know, advice and lesson. And, you know, I think, like, I think it's something like a lesson that I learned, you know, before everything was you know, try and work on yourself in a way so you're prepared for your future life. I think that was something that, you know, was taught in, in church and, you know, all these like romantic videos and, and films and whatnot. But I think I just come to realize how, how stupid and how short-sighted and how ridiculous that advice actually is. Because, like, you shouldn't really work on yourself and improve yourself for a particular person. Because this future wife, this is this is another human being that's gonna they're gonna hurt you, gonna fail you, and gonna make mistakes that will cause a lot of pain. And just they're gonna be imperfect, and you know, there's just gonna be so much like frustration if you know you make this ideal of a person and you make you know you put them in such a pet like on a pedestal that, you know, you try to work on yourself and, and yeah. And then you find this, you know, wife and, you know, she's just, <laughs> just nothing compared to, you know, all these ideals that you built for yourself. And yeah, all that's going to result from that is just frustration and, and, and madness and anger and, and just like, just misunderstanding and miscommunication and just, yeah, just this unsatisfying kind of feeling, uh, because yeah, like it sounds romantic, but like, okay, like, you know, write a journal about your future wife, like every day and, you know, show it to her when, when you meet her and, you know, really capture her heart that way. And, and, you know, like, yeah, do the things to prepare for her. And she's like, well, like, that sucks. <laughs> that, that's really stupid. And, you know, it's, I'm definitely not gonna, you know, give that advice. And I'm definitely, you know, want to protest against that advice. Uh, but, 
Huh, yeah, but that's just me, and I don't know if I'm in a position to give advice to anyone about relationships. Um, I hope you can learn from my mistakes and you know my flaws. <laughs> you know, an example of what not to do. Um, but, but yeah, um, it's yeah, relationships are difficult. You don't need me to say that. It's, I think it's obvious in itself. Things can go wrong. People are messed up. Um, people have blind spots. People have different baggage. People have gone through different traumas. Um, you know, people are at different stages of healing from, from everything. And so, you know, and not, you know, putting together from my last podcast, like not having, coming from a broken family, you know, comes with its own, um, you know, psychological effects (laughs) and negative impacts, um, you know, on how you view, you know, view relationships and view friendships and, and whatnot. And I don't know, I'm still, you know, trying to, figure it out. Um, I'm still working on, you know, the friendships that still remain. (laughs) Um, I'm still, yeah, just trying my best, still reflecting and still thinking about how I can make those little steps forward so that uh, I can yeah, be well equipped to face other challenges that lay ahead. Um, because life is going to continually be tough no matter what. And I think it's hard to find a like definitive lesson, uh, from all this, from all the messiness and from all the brokenness of character and (laughs) yeah. And, and who I am and you know, there's a lot of soul searching that probably needs to be done. And I think I need to figure out things about myself. Um, I need to find ways to build my maturity, my responsibility, my initiative, you know, by trying different things that, you know, don't involve relationships. Um, try, you know, volunteering or do these podcasts or blogs and, you know, express myself in different ways, find ways to you know, help people be a positive influence. Um, you know, I might, you know, catch myself just trying to be a people pleaser, which I realize that I've been subconsciously being, you know, a people pleaser for the longest time. And only in the last few weeks that I've realized that and, you know, tried to, um, yeah, think things through so that I don't, put so much emphasis on someone's opinion of me, but just to, yeah, work on myself for myself, for my own sake, instead of, uh, trying to improve myself in, in someone else's opinion. And so it's still like, it's still raw. It's still nine months, uh, from a five year relationship and it's a long way to go, uh, for sure. I don't know if, those wounds will heal completely. They'll leave scars for sure. Uh, But it tells a story. It's going to shape me 
in a way dramatically that um, I probably can't foresee at the moment, but I think in time it will become apparent. And, you know, it'll lead to something good. Uh, have to, yeah, you have to hold that belief. Uh, even though this sucks right now, it will turn to something good. Um, yeah, so keep making those positive choices uh, day by day. Take it a day at a time. Uh, that's what I'm doing, and I think I'm making slight improvements. And so, yeah, if you made it this far, um, thank you so much for listening. I know it. it's not easy to kind of talk about this stuff because it's so vulnerable and it, yeah, like you it's exposing one of my kind of deepest mistakes and regrets and the stuff I have most shame about, but yeah, I hope it's yeah. Helped to give insight, um, give you things to think about. Yeah. To help you stumble forward and to fall forward and to, yeah, to make those little steps, however hard it is, you know, to do those little things day by day. Um, yeah, to, to pursue progress as this whole podcast is named after and to, yeah, become a, the better version of yourself. Um, so hope that's done that for you. Um, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, I'm just in this space to, to share and, um, feel free to leave your thoughts as well. Um, but yeah, I'll sign off for now. Um, thanks for being with me on this journey of yeah, reflecting through everything. Um, I'll sign off for now. Uh, in love and peace. Bye.